Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. You, you've just said, and we said it in, we sang it in our songs, and folks said it in in prayers and in in prophetic words just now about glory to glory, King of glory, glory of God. We've mentioned it and mentioned it and mentioned it, and this morning. I want us to focus on seeing the glory of God. That's the, the topic I want to speak on today. And I don't know about you, but quite often there are words we use and there's words we use even from the scripture like glory that we don't necessarily know what it means. And don't turn off because these are going to be, this is going to be interesting today. Okay, honest, honest, don't turn off. This is interesting. I'm going to talk about some things in a moment. So we're going to, to um, speak about seeing the glory of God. And now there's, I was reminded as we were singing this morning, there's an account of, and I don't remember where it was, maybe it was South Korea or somewhere like this, there's an account of a, a particular time of famine and of drought. And uh, there was a real desperation in the spirit and the churches came together and they came together in a big stadium to pray that God would bring the rain that there would be a breakthrough and then the rain would come. And everybody came to that meeting and there was one little, I think it was a little girl, or that's how I remember the story anyway, of the account. And she came and she had her umbrella. And everybody laughed at her. It hasn't rained for months. Why have you got an umbrella? She said, ah, well, I'm expectant. We're praying for rain and God will pour the rain down. And I wonder today if we're expectant to see the glory of God amongst us. I think we are, from what I've seen this morning, from what we've experienced already. I think we are, don't you? Yeah, expectancy, the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your glory, which is evident amongst us and evident in the stars and all that you've made. Lord, we thank you that you are the king of glory. And king of glory, we ask that you will presence yourself amongst us today, here in this room, in the back room there with the children, in the other back room with the youth, Lord, that you will presence yourself, that your glory will be here, that you will change us from glory to glory, that we'll go out of this place shining with your glory, and that your glory will transform not just us, but the community around us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. We've got quite a lot of scriptures I want to talk about this morning. I hope you're okay with that. Um, I'm gonna, we've got three pieces I want to speak to, three different elements of the glory of God. And um, so a little bit of, if you like, teaching on those things and then a reflection on each point, and uh, then we'll see where we go. I'm noting my time as um, 25 to the hour, and uh, now I know approximately how long I can go for. So I think that everybody probably wants to be home by about one o'clock-ish. So I think I've got about an hour, which is cool. It's really good. It's always good to know that you've got plenty of time. So, um, do you know, there's a promise that God gives in Scripture, and it's in Habakkuk, and it says, for the earth will be filled with the... Sorry, with the what? The knowledge of the glory of God. We so often misquote that and say that the earth will be filled with the glory of God as the waters covers the sea. But actually, it's the knowledge 
of the glory of God. Because Isaiah says, Isaiah, when, when Isaiah is there and he's in the temple, if you read it in Isaiah 6, he's before the temple, and the angels fall down and they worship and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and his glory is over all the earth. So his glory is already over all the earth. It's the knowledge of his glory that is still to be found by you and me and those around us. And that's why we face what we face today. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge, this is the promise, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. Now, those of us who've got um, printed versions today, I think in, the, in, our, in our electronic versions, if you've got it on your phone or something like this, that word Lord is probably just capital L and lowercase o-r-d. But actually in our printed versions, we'll often find it's L-O-R-D, all in capital. And, and it's important to realize that because that means Yahweh. Yahweh, God's very name. I am who I am. The name that God used to reveal himself to Moses. The God who is present. I am who I am. He was, he is, and he is to come. He's present with us. Yahweh. But what's the glory of God? It's one of those words I think that we find difficult sometimes to, to, uh, to, to, um, to quantify, to define. Anybody willing to have a go at a definition today? We're going to take four possibilities. We're going to start on the right-hand side here, and someone over here come up with an idea of what the glory is of God might be, or what glory means. Anybody? You're not going to be told off. <laughs> Just curious. Amazing, wonderful presence. Amazing, wonderful presence. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's really, really good. Amazing, wonderful presence. Okay, good. We're going to go over this side. And actually, there's not so many folks there, so we're going to put you with this group as well. So over here, anybody want to bring it? an idea of what glory means. Praiseworthiness. I like that. That's good. That's good. Okay. You guys got off there. And the balcony, you're in darkness, but it's lovely and cool up there, I understand, because I think the aircon is on. Is that right? It is, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. It says the chap who's from the Caribbean. <laughs> Yay. So, Glory. Magnificence or great beauty, that's great. Slightly cheating there, I think, looking up on the dictionary. But that's good. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I had definitions. So if I, I looked it up in the, in the um, Oxford Dictionary of um, Common Language or something like this, and it was renown, honorable favor, adoring praise, resplendent majesty or beauty, heavenly bliss and splendor, exalted or prosperous state. Wow. Those are some big things, aren't they? But then I looked up in a Bible dictionary, and the Bible dictionary said this, the revelation of God's being, nature, and presence to mankind, sometimes with physical evidence. Ooh. Ooh. So, the glory of God. Three points. We're going to bring up three points. We're going to go through these three points. We're going to do a bit of teaching, going to have some reflections on each one, and... Maybe some responses as we go through. So, Giovanni, do we have the three points? 
lovely grace. The glory of God recognized, the glory of God revealed, and the glory of God reality. That's what we're going to look at today. Glory of God recognized, revealed, and reality. We're going to start with the first one, the glory of God recognized. We're going to start with Psalm 19. I love Psalm 19. Absolutely amazing Psalm 19. Here we go. Is that big enough for you guys to read? Can you read it at the back okay? Yeah? Okay, I'm, I hope you can because we're going to read it together now because I think it's really important to speak out the scripture. So let's read it together. We'll start after three. One, two, three. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they perform Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. The heavens declare the glory of God. Wow. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. I don't know, have you ever been out to a place not around here in Burgessville because we have too much light pollution, but have you ever been to somewhere out in the midst of nowhere and looked up into the skies? Some have. Okay. Um, I, I remember we, we've been to a few remote places. I mean, maybe it's to the Lake District. Maybe it's somewhere overseas. I remember we had uh, a wonderful opportunity to spend um, three months as missionaries a long time ago before children in Zimbabwe. And, and when we were there out in the bush and you looked up to the stars, and it was amazing to see the number of stars that you could see. Do you think the same? Just how many stars there are? I'm amazed by them anyway. Do you know, they reckon that if we're in that sort of place, there's only about 6,000 stars that we can see with the naked eye only. That to me sounds like loads, doesn't it to you? 6,000. I'm a bit of a scientist, so I'm a bit nerdy, so I'm going to come up with some figures, okay? I find this fascinating, therefore I inflict it on you. Um, <laughs> No, it is fascinating. It really is. There are, we see with the naked eye about 6,000 stars. However, the galaxy, the Milky Way, that's not the nice chocolate bar. The Milky Way is our galaxy that we, we are part of. The Milky Way, they estimate, has around a billion stars. I don't know. Can you imagine even that number? Mathematicians, even the mathematicians are shaking their heads or engineering maths people. Wow. A billion stars in our galaxy. Okay, so how many galaxies do you think they estimate there are? Loads, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, a, a number. Let me, let, okay, is it, is it several million? Is it a billion? Is it a trillion? A trillion said over here. Everybody agree or disagree? More than a trillion, okay. It's, it's definitely somewhere around, they estimate, two trillion galaxies. Two trillion galaxies times a billion stars. How many stars are there? Apparently, it's somewhere in the region of 10 to the 24 or 26 times. So in other words, too many for me to count. And I don't know about you, but that's a vast number. That's huge. I can't get my head around that. And yet, our God created all of that. Yeah? Our God created all of that. And I think we might have it here. Jesus, uh, Colossians 1, 15 to 17. Our God created all of that by the power of his word, Jesus. And through Jesus, 
who is before all things, all things hold together. All things hold together. And so why do the stars declare the glory of God? Because they show to us the amazing power of the creator God. The amazing power of the creator God. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, that awesomeness, that amazing number, that amazing expanse of, of space really got to me. Here we are on this tiny little, tiny little orb of an earth in a solar system, one star amongst a billion stars, amongst trillions and trillions and trillions of stars in the universe. Uh, in the universe. And here I am, and I don't know about you, but it made me feel like a little pinprick. A nobody, an ant, less than an ant, microbe. And yet, the God of the universe who made all those things, who holds all those things together, actually says he loves you and he loves me and he wants us to fellowship with him. I don't know about you, I can't get my head around that. But that is just phenomenal, don't you think? Yeah, that's part of the glory of God. That one, he's vast, he's almighty, he's all-powerful. Two, he loves us and wants to be close to us, even though we're as tiny, tiny, tiny as we are. In fact, another psalm says, one, one, interestingly, one of the psalms that was quoted by Buzz Aldrin on the, the, the moonwalk mission trip was Psalm 8, where it says, who is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man? Yeah, God is so mindful of us and cares for us, even in this vast expanse. Not only do the heavens display his glory, but so to the earth, as we've said. But we know from Romans 1, and let's not actually read it this morning, but we know from Romans 1, Paul says, you know, the, the, the earth shows the glory of God, and yet people do not recognize it. People don't see it. They turn away from it, and they miss it completely. And I wonder this morning, a little reflection, I wonder this morning, three things on this. Number one, do you take time out to really see the creation, the stars and the wonders of God, the creator? And do you recognize the creator behind it? I don't know about you, but often I just get caught up in my daily life and I forget to lift my eyes to the hills or look up to the stars. So maybe we need to take some time to see the creator and the, in the creation. Do you let the stars and the hills, all those created things, declare to you the glory of God? I wonder if you do. Because we have to recognize it, to see it, to acknowledge it. And what I would like to suggest is that next time that um, you see a beautiful flower, a star in the sky, a butterfly, whatever it might be, something that reminds you of God the Creator, that you take a moment, and that I take a moment, and say, that's the glory of God. And as we do that, we'll remind ourselves of this amazing Creator God. Yeah? That's the glory of God. So, the glory of God recognized. We have to recognize it. When we recognize it, then we gain that knowledge a little bit more about who He is and what He's like. But then the glory of God revealed the glory of God revealed. We mentioned earlier about Moses, and Moses met with, with uh, God in the burning bush that wasn't consumed, and, 
and, and when he met with God there, then he asked God, who, who shall I say sent me? And he said, God says, Yahweh, I am that I am. That's my name, the one who will be always and always present amongst you. And Moses had many experiences with God, and over time he uh, ended up going up the mountain, as we know, and receiving the, 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 the two, um, the two um, tablets of, of, of the, the law. Um, some would say that was the first time that tablets were downloaded from the cloud. Um, but we won't go there. Um, and, and yet, even through all of that, we read this. It's there, but not there. There we go. We read this in Exodus 33. Exodus 33, 19 to 23. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness. No. Okay. So Moses says to, to God, I'll read it in mine because I've missed a piece out there, so forgive me. If you've got it in your... Bibles, Exodus 33, you'll be able to see it. What it it's, it's a hunger that there is from Moses. Moses has had so much experience of God. He's met with God so many times, and yet he says this. He, he, Moses is, is asking God for God's presence to go with them. And he says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And then further on, he says, and then Moses said, verse 18, now show me your glory. It's quite cheeky really, isn't it? Stand before God and say, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, all in capitals, Yahweh, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back, but my face you must not see. Anybody notice there what God answered Moses? Did you, know God, did you notice God sort of gave a bit of a politician's answer? What did, God, what did Moses ask? Show me your glory. Yeah? Okay. What did God say back to him? It's, you know, it's not a trick question. If you've, got it, if you've read it in your Bibles, it's right there. There we go. Thank you. Goodness. Goodness. He's not, so God says, Moses says, now show me your glory. And God says, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. It's as if he's sort of diverted the question. I don't know. Have you ever puzzled about that? Read the scriptures and ask questions of them. What, what do you mean by that, God? Why, why did you say that? Why did you say goodness instead of glory? What does that mean? Well, 
it's not a politician's answer. It's actually God saying, I'm going to reveal my glory to you bit by bit because you can't look upon my face. You can't see all of my glory all at once, but I am going to show you my goodness, which is one facet, one element, one part of my glory. And as God presented himself to Moses, and as he covered Moses up and protected him from that face-to-face, he showed him his goodness, that one start, that one bit of his glory. That one bit, which is his goodness. Because we know, don't we, that God is a good God. And now he's an awesome God, absolutely, an awesome God. And his perfection and his awesomeness is part of his glory. And God could not reveal that to Moses because Moses wouldn't have been able to stand under that. He wouldn't have been able to see it and live, it says. But his goodness, yes, because that comes with his mercy and he's able to see it. So Moses gets to see God's back, so to speak, and even just that, just an element of God, only seeing God's back, not his face, not his full glory, only seeing his back and his goodness, he comes down the mountain and when he comes down the mountain, what do the Israelites say to him? They say, cover your face cover your face. You've got just such an amazing radiance. We can't stand it. Growing up, there was an advert which was for Ready Breck. Some of you will remember this one. And as people had their Ready Breck in the morning and they went out to school or to work, they had a a glow around them because they were... And not quite like that, but it's something along those lines. There was a glow on Moses. What was that glow? Well, that glow was the radiance of God. That glow was God's perfection reflecting from him. And as people looked at God's reflection reflecting from Moses, they were like, wow, no, cover it. I can't stand it. It's too much. Just as Moses wasn't allowed to look into God's face because that would have been too much for him, so simply the Israelites looking at Moses was too much for them because it reflected God's glory. Now, the interesting thing is, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says that you and I are to reflect God's glory. It says we're to go from glory to glory, that we are to be transformed in such a way that others outside will look at us and will say, wow, I see the glory of God on you. Have you thought about that? See the glory of God on you. Like Moses, though, the question has to be, are you hungry to see more of God's glory? Are you hungry for it? Are you cheeky enough to ask, God, show me your glory? We're told in Hebrews that we're able to approach the throne of grace boldly. And we can do it. We can actually approach him and see his glory. I wonder this week, maybe in reflection, perhaps, why don't you experiment? Why don't you experiment with your daily devotions, your quiet times, whatever it is you call them, whenever you have them? Why don't you experiment and ask during that time, God, show me your glory reverently, because he's an awesome God. God, show me your glory. God, presence yourself with me in this moment. And experiment and just see, does that have a difference to the response people give you throughout the week? Do people see the glory of God in your life as you go around during the week? Give that a go. Give that a go. And then finally, I come to point three. We've had the glory of God recognized. We've got the glory of God revealed because God reveals his glory to us moment by moment. And we gain that revelation. As we gain that revelation, we ourselves go from glory to glory, as it says in in 2 Corinthians 3.18.
But here I want to change gear a little bit and think about the glory of God realized, his actual glory present amongst us. And here we've got two scriptures. One is from 1 Kings, and this is the account. Solomon's built the temple. He's built the temple, and he's dedicated the temple. And as he dedicates the temple, the priests have gone in, and as they come out, when the priests withdrew, 1 Kings 8, 10 to 11, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The glory of God filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. The glory of the Lord filled his temple so much that the priests withdrew some some scriptures say that, or some translations say they fell back because the presence was just too much for them. The presence of the glory was just too much for them. And then we read in John 18 something similar, a similar sort of situation. John 18, we know the account. Jesus, Garden of Gethsemane, and the, 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 the crowd come, come who are going to arrest him. And they come to arrest him. And as they come to arrest him, Jesus says to them, and he knows what's going to happen. And he says, who is it you want? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am he. Or probably more likely, simply, I am. Same name that God has. I am. And in that moment, the awesomeness of God was suddenly revealed in Jesus himself. And what does it say? It says, And when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. The power of God came in that place. The glory of God was revealed. And they just fell to the ground. And they had to take a moment before coming back to actually arrest Jesus himself. So when we experience the presence of God, what's called quite often the Shekinah glory, the glory of God dwelling with us, when we experience that presence, it can be in such a strong form, it can almost be physical. And we have that experience and encounter with him. I don't know, if you ever had that experience of the glory of God, the presence of God touching you in that way? Do you know, those who've been around this church for many years will know that that's happened here. And what a privilege that it has, that, that God's chosen to reveal himself and his glory here in this place. We've experienced it when we've been to camps and conventions. We've experienced it up the road at the IBTI convention as it was then. We've experienced it here in this place. When the glory of God falls, when the glory of God comes, it just touches us. And what does it do? It transforms us and changes us. But it's more than that. You know, when the revival came in, in Wales, when the revival came in the Hebrides, look at any of the revivals, study them, and you will see whenever the glory of God was present in a place, it wasn't just in the meetings that were affected, but actually the whole community was affected because the glory of God was felt outside in the community. And we're believing, I'm believing to see that again in our day whether it's here, whether it's wherever we happen to be. But wherever we go, whatever dominion we have, whatever area we work in, whatever space that is our space where we have influence, may the glory of God fall in such a way 
that revival comes about in that place, an awakening, a freshness, or whatever you want to call it, a renewal, whatever you might call it, but the glory of God being revealed in our midst and the awesomeness of God being shown and not just the glory being seen, but the glory being recognized, revealed, and realized in your life and in my life. I'm, I'm really keen to see that. I'm really keen to see that in my life. And I don't know, are you ready? Like that little girl with the umbrella. Are you expectant enough, even this morning, say, God, if you come, we heard from Hannah and Giovanni, if God. We're not demanding God. We're not saying, God, we're holding you to ransom. You must come. But if God comes this morning. Are we ready to really receive the glory of God in our midst? Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.